The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a Monster Monday presented by DraftKings, and it is NFL Draft Week 2022. If you're not excited, if you're not fired up, check your pulse. You listen to this show or watch it on YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL year round. Maybe you watch or listen to the other shows, even money, fantasy feast, college draft, business and sports. We live for this. This is the intersection of college football, NFL football, the business of football. I am beyond fired up. And we're going to start the week strong by finishing up our often imitated, never duplicated draft series with the civilian goat, Greg Cosell. We'll talk linebackers and safeties, and then we will be done with Greg until next week. So you can go back and listen or watch every episode of Greg breaking down every position if you happen to miss any of them. Meanwhile, we're talking secondary on the college draft today. Embry Hunt has been fantastic. We'll finish up his positional series today as well. So you should binge watch or listen college draft and or the GC, Greg Cosell, to make sure you're ready to rock and roll Thursday night, Friday night, and all day Saturday. It's a new week which means new winners. Love those of you that spread the word via social media. I'm just telling you this week, it's Facebook. It's Facebook. I'll just tell you. Share love on Facebook. That is what I'm looking for. You do that, you got a great chance to win. I want to get that number of people that I don't even know how it works. They like the page or they follow the page, whatever. I want to get that number over 10K. The push for 10K is real. Spread the word winner is coming from Facebook this week. I'm giving you the answer to the test. Sponsors, so many good ones this week. Athletic Greens, UFOS have changed my life, by the way. I already made a second order. Simply Safe, of course, Keeps, been a subscriber since I think they started. And then LinkedIn, that is the place to go to post a job. 
Let's have an awesome week, everybody. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. All right, Greg, I always sort of have mixed emotions this week, draft week, because I'm excited. I cannot wait for Thursday night. I'll be doing stuff for the Philadelphia Eagles again over at PhiladelphiaEagles.com. Should be awesome. But it's also the last time that I get your breakdown of players before the draft. We're talking linebackers and safeties today, which is interesting, Greg, because I feel like every year we have the same conversation regarding positional value, positional importance. And I feel like we talk about linebackers, off-the-ball linebackers, and safeties the most when we're talking about how valuable certain positions are or are not. And I'm hearing it again this year when people are talking about Devin Lloyd or Kyle Hamilton. That positional value phrase is coming up a lot. Well, I think what the league's going to do is they're going to mandate that these positions uh, that, that apparently don't have value, they're going to do away with these positions, Ross. And then in the future years, we won't have to do away, we won't have to talk about linebackers and safeties. They're not going to be part of the game. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Greg's tongue, of course, planted firmly in cheek. You know what's really interesting, Greg? And you can speak to this, okay? I understand why people feel like a defensive lineman or a corner are are more important. I get that. Greg, you know this as much as I do. <laughs> if you talk to coaches I guess. about a three-down linebacker that can really cover or a safety that can match up with tight ends or in the slot, the, the, their eyes light up. I of mean, it's course. incredibly valuable to them. Of course. You know, that's the thing that always gets me is you have to talk to coaches and they will tell you how their playbook shrinks dramatically on Sundays, which is the way coaches think, not draft gurus or, or even scouts at times. Uh, you talk to coaches and how their playbook shrinks if they don't have the kinds of players you just spoke about, Ross. It's so true. Um, it's so true. So let's talk about some of those guys at this these positions this year. We'll start with the linebackers. You know the question I ask you for every position is there a guy that sort of jumped out to you as being like, wow, just a guy you really, really like? Uh, I think there's some really intriguing linebackers. We'll start with Devin Lloyd. Um, I, you know, I've seen a lot of linebackers, and you'll have to throw out some names after I mention Lloyd. Um, I think Lloyd is a really intriguing player because he can do many things. He has a playmaking dimension to his game. He's got athleticism. He's got size. He's got alignment versatility. Um, he's very, very good as a blitzer. He's arguably the best player in that conference. So I think they gave him some freelance ability because one could argue, and we never know the answer to this, and I, and I noticed that a lot of people make these comments without really knowing that they'll say, oh, he's not in the right position. We don't know that. We don't know what he's asked to do. Um, he struck me watching his tape as the kind of linebacker that could develop into your your higher level three down linebacker. You know, the Darius Leonard's, the Fred Warner's, the Bobby Wagner's, the Demario Davis's. I think he has those kinds of traits with a playmaking dimension to his game. You know, it's interesting. 
because it feels like both Lloyd and when we talk about safeties, Kyle Hamilton, Greg, both these guys, a lot of people were talking top 10, maybe even top five, but then they didn't test as well as people thought they would or were hoping they would. And all of a sudden, now you're seeing them not in the top 10, right. sometimes not in the top 15. And now you're hearing about positional value. People weren't talking about positional value with these guys until they tested poorly. I'm kind of calling BS on that because they weren't saying the positional value thing until they ran slower than expected 40 times. Yeah. You know, ultimately it comes back to seeing a guy play on tape and unless you feel that his measurables are way below the spectrum of what you feel that position demands, if that's not the case, then I think you have to stick with what you see on film. Okay, so the next question is a really interesting one. And I, I guess I'll give you all three of them. But let's talk Georgia linebackers. Yeah, we can talk there, about them all. There are multiple reports out there that people reportedly – are higher, some teams are higher on Quay Walker than they are Nicobe Dean. They also have Channing Tindall, who flies around all over the place. I mean, Georgia's defense is an all-timer. It, it really is just ridiculous. But let's break down the Georgia linebackers, Greg, as you see them. Because now there's some talk that Nicobe Dean maybe doesn't even go in the first round. Yeah, I really like Quay Walker. I think he has everything you want in a stack backer. He's 6'4", he's 240. To me, he's a better version of Jamin Davis, who came out of Kentucky last year, who also had great size and length, who Washington took, I believe, with the 20th pick in the first round. Um, I think Walker is a better prospect than Davis. I think he's one of the best stacked linebacker prospects in this draft class. Um, let's talk about Channing Tindall. Tindall is an explosive player. They used him quite a bit as a pass rusher off the edge, and he can do that. And he's very compact, very coiled. There's kind of an, a, a tight explosiveness to his movement. I really like Channing Tindall a lot. Uh, Nicobe Dean is a very, very good player. The question I would have about Dean, and I'm very curious who drafts him and how they use him, is when you watch George's tape, and I watched the same games over and over and over, Ross, because they had eight guys I had to watch. And you can't watch eight guys at one time. Um, so when you watch N'Kobe Dean, he was very scheme-specific. He blitzed an awful lot. He's a very, very good inside blitzer. That's a strength of his game. Um, I think he's got really good short area explosiveness in the box. That's his game as well. So the question is, if you draft him, do you need to see him as a blitzer within the context of your schematics? If not, and you just see him as a straight stacked backer, do you feel that he can do that uh, down in and down out? Um, because he's right at the bottom, again, of the spectrum of what you, uh, you'd you say about height. But you can also look back a year ago with someone like Nick Bolton, who came out of Missouri. He was under six feet, played extremely well for the Chiefs, and they even played him in their nickel, which I wasn't certain he could do that based on watching his Missouri tape. So Nicobe Dean is a, is a tougher uh, transition and projection for me, but a really good player. Boy, that is really interesting, Greg. You know, I didn't watch the coaching tape of Georgia. I, I just watch 
the the games live on television and Nicobe Dean felt like he was a step ahead of everybody uh, without question felt like he was shot out of a, a yep. rocket at times and he's the guy that stood out to me but that's a really interesting point how much of it was him keying and diagnosing and getting there first versus how many times was it a design blitz I don't know the answer to that I just know it, I mean, I, I was real. I mean, he's the guy that stood out to me. He's a really good football player. That, that's not the issue. Um, but obviously, you're you're projecting and transitioning to the next level, and there will be some legitimate questions. They could all be answered in the affirmative, by the way, Ross. And we could be talking about a really, really good player. There were some had similar questions, as I said about Nick Bolton, played extremely well for the Chiefs. So I'm not saying Dean won't be a good player. You know, when when you have, when you evaluate players. All you try to do is you go strengths, weaknesses, slash flaws, slash potential issues. It doesn't mean you're saying a guy can't play. You're just trying to present a whole picture in terms of transition and projection. He was a great, great player at Georgia. All we're saying is how now does that transition to the NFL? It might transition beautifully. Let's talk about a couple of other SEC linebackers, Christian Harris from Alabama, Clark from LSU. Yeah, it's a shame about Clark, who will not play this year, uh, because I guess he had that injury that showed up when he was uh, testing at the Combine. But Damone Clark, and we'll get to Harris in a second, Damone Clark was a really, really good prospect, and I'm kind of sad that he won't play. He's got size, length, movement, that profile, that – NFL teams are absolutely looking for. He's explosive as a mover. He's athletic because he's tall. He's got stride length. He can play inside out, sideline to sideline with speed and range. Um, I wouldn't say he's dominant physicality in the box, and I think it's an area in which he must improve. Um, But I, I think in today's NFL, you may look at a player's ability to play with speed and range even a little bit more as, as a desired trait than just being dominant physically within the box. Um, so, uh, you know, I think that Clark's a very good prospect. Christian Harris, to me, uh, th- there's a player I really liked. I saw him last summer from the year before. I watched him, of course, this year. Keep in mind, Ross, he was not a linebacker in college, in, in high school, excuse me. He came out of Baton Rouge, okay, and – LSU did not offer him because he played safety and corner in high school. Think about this for a second. So he gets to Alabama and he starts pretty much right away. So that tells you how smart this kid is to start at a position he never played for a Nick Saban defense. And in talking to people, I've heard he's incredibly impressive. And he's got great, great athleticism and movement. He's, I think he's a really higher level prospect for a stacked linebacker. Couple other guys I want to get your thoughts on. Um, you can pick either one, but uh, Chad Muma, yeah, from Wyoming. Troy Anderson, Montana State. Any thoughts on either one of those guys? Oh yeah, yeah. I watch both those guys in depth. Uh, Muma is going to get as as all smaller school guys do. Although Logan Wilson, maybe with the Bengals, who also came from Wyoming, might temper that a bit. But Muma will get the level of competition label lobbied at him, of course. Um, I like Muma. Um, he, he he plays fast, he sees it, and he tackles. You know, we forget about the ability to tackle. He took good angles to the ball in the run game. He struck with force. 
He had really good play speed. Some might view him as a little bit high cut. He's tall. He's 6'3", and that could raise some concerns about his ability to transition and change direction within the box. Um, but I think he's a really good prospect overall. Troy Anderson, Montana State. He's a guy that played linebacker full-time for the first time this past season. He's big. He's over 6'3". He's 240. He's a very good athlete. He can play in a straight line with great speed. Um, and we saw that at the Combine. He ran exceptionally well for a man that size. Uh, there's very little physicality to his game at this point. That could well be because he has so little experience playing the position. But there's a lot there to work with. And I think that someone's going to draft him, I would think, on day two because they'll look at the size, the measurables, the play speed and range and feel like they can work with it and make him a complete linebacker. All right, let's transition, Greg, over to safeties because I've been dying to get your thoughts on Kyle Hamilton from Notre Dame. Yeah, I mean, Kyle Hamilton's a good prospect. There, there's no question. I mean, I, I think if anybody said he wasn't a good prospect, they'd be wrong. Um, I think he's at his best playing forward and playing laterally, where his incredible length, which is exceptional for a safety, obviously, as we all know. So his incredible length and his build-up speed, because with that kind of stride length, he can really build up his speed. Um so that's what you're dealing with with Hamilton. Um, I don't think he's at his best playing backwards. Um, you know, and so I don't know. Can he play on the back end? Of course he can. But I think that he plays best going forward and laterally. I think he has quick eyes. I think he sees things very well. He's naturally athletic. He's a fluid mover. Um, so, you know, to me, he's a really good prospect. You know, the question is, how much you want him playing on the back end, especially at post safety. Uh, he certainly can play on the back end in two shell coverages if you're going to play quarters, for instance. Um, but he he can really he can really run in terms of playing laterally and downhill. So I am fluent in Coselian, okay? So I know how to speak Greg Coselian. <laughs> you're you're concerning me a little bit about what you saw from him as a middle-of-the-field safety, which is interesting because I think it was at the Florida State game in the opener where he got from the middle of the field all the way to the sideline. We can do that it, it, because he can build up speed, no question. If, if, if you get it, give him a chance to build up his speed, he absolutely can do that. So, But you obviously saw some things you didn't like. I mean, Greg, most safeties play a decent amount of middle-of-field safety. I mean, that – so, you yeah. obviously saw some things that concerned you. Yeah, what you're talking about with that play is different than, than let's say, pedaling and having to turn and retreat. Those are two different things. I don't think he's great at pedaling and turning and retreating. So, in other words, let's say, for instance, let's say he's playing quarter safety, and then we'll move on. And all of a sudden, you know, you play quarters and it's a two-by-two two set, and you've got a speed-wide receiver at number two in the slot, and he's going to run vertically right at Hamilton, okay? Because in quarters, as you probably know, Ross, a safety has to essentially match up man-to-man to, -man to number two vertically, okay? So all I'm saying, if he has to do that, and then he's got to backpedal and then turn and run backwards, retreat, that, to me, is something that I don't think is a strength of his game. I'm not saying he can't do it. I don't think that's a strength of his game. 
Let's get to Jaquan Brisker from Penn State. I watched a lot of Brisker. He made a lot of plays for them the last couple of years. What do you think he's, of him? He's just a really good player. Uh, I don't think he's special. I don't. In other words, I don't think he jumps off the film. So a lot of people might not understand how multidimensional he is and how he did everything that you can ask a safety to do. He reminded me very much of the Micah Hydes and the Jordan Poyers. Guys who just do everything really, really well. They play in the box. They play on the back end. They can match up man-to-man. They can play zone. They can blitz. They can play in the box and defend the run. He's just one of those guys that does everything well, and it would not surprise me, depending, of course, on who drafts him, if he's a day-one starter and you just feel really good about him because he can do everything. So, um, interesting. Let's get to – is there another safety – that stood out to you. Some of the guys that I know stood out to me this year, Greg, uh, Louis Seen from Georgia, Dax Hill from Michigan. Who stood out to you? Well, I want to talk about two guys. And it doesn't mean I don't like the other guys. I don't want people to think. We obviously have a time constraint. So let me talk about two guys, Brian Cook and Daxton Hill. I really like Brian Cook from Cincinnati. Um, I think that he's a tempo setter. He's physical. And you know what he's really good at? And this is very rarely talked about, Ross. He is a really good tackler when he plays downhill. So many guys now throw their body at at runners, and this guy tackles. He squares up. He gets on balance. He gets people to the ground. So Brian Cook, is, to me, is a really good safety prospect. Um, There was some concerns about him matching up man-to-man versus tight ends, which safeties have to do. I personally think he can do that. And I think that Cook is another guy that will start early in his career. Dax Hill, to me, is one of the most overall, not just safety, most overall fascinating prospects in this draft. I don't know if you saw Michigan at all much this year, Ross. He played safety in their base defense, and he played slot corner in their sub defenses. So to me, he fits the NFL game, and there's no question he can line up over the slot. He's long, he's explosive, he's athletic. So you're getting a multidimensional player, multi-positional player, and in today's NFL, we know the importance of that. Uh, No question. Uh, Last one for you. You got to tell me about my boy, Lewis Seen. He's like Dean in that every Georgia game I watched, and, and I, I guess I'm just partial to guys that lay their body on the line and show I me, mean, but the way he would run the alley, Greg. Oh, yeah. Races. Yeah, and he's very long, um, so he's got great length. Um, he's a high-level competitor. He's another guy that's an attitude guy. You'll want him in your safety room. He's got that urgent playing personality. He brings it on every single snap. He attacks downhill. He pursues with play speed and stride length. He delivers physical strikes and hits. He plays to his time speed. He ran a 4-3-7-40. He's very straight line and linear. So, the, again, the question with him is coverage. Uh, because if you're talking about being able to turn and run and play backwards, which all safeties have to do at some point, Ross, as you well know, um, that's the that's a question. Um, it doesn't mean he can't do it. It's a question. Um, but as straight line, linear, play speed, and range, he can do that. At Greg Cosell on Twitter, fantastic job all the way through, Greg. People have a few days now to go through all the positional breakdowns we've done 
over the last couple months, whether it's wherever you listen to podcasts or youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Should be fun this weekend. Looking forward to talking with you about it next week, Greg. Thanks, Ross. Appreciate it. Greg is absolutely a keeper, just like your hair is a keeper. Do you realize two out of three men experience some form of hair loss by the time they're 35? Hand up. Those of you watching YouTube.com slash Ross NFL, my hair is up. I didn't even realize I was starting to lose it a little bit when I was 26. I watched the wedding video now. Either that or I had that much like gel in my hair. I don't know. But I think I was starting to lose my hair then. It's more than 50 million men. That's why, thank goodness, I asked a couple doctors about it early. And they said, there's only two FDA-approved medications that can prevent hair loss. Keeps offers both. I was already taking both of the medications before Keeps was even a business. So then when Keeps came along, I'm like, okay, sweet. I don't have to go to the doctor once a year for the prescription. I don't have to go to the pharmacy to pick it up. I don't have to go to the store to pick up the topical solution. I love it. Let's do it. Sent right to my house. Perfect. Convenient. Low cost. It's 10 bucks a month. Look, if you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, Go to keeps.com slash Ross to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash Ross to get your first month free. Keeps.com slash Ross. Morning, Ross. Let's start with the Hall of Fame, and we're going to have some more senior candidates over the next three years. We are. They, uh, the, the pro football, Hall, I don't even know what it's like, the board of trustees or whatever, whoever it is at the pro football Hall of fame, they said they're going to allow more seniors candidates the next three years. I think they realize that, you know, doing one every year, I think right now it's, I, I, to be honest with you, I've lost track. It's like one contributor and two seniors candidates one year, and then the next year it's the opposite. It's two contributors and one seniors candidate. So they've already increased it. But I think what they're realizing is there's a lot of guys that people feel really strongly about that are deserving, and I think they they feel like there's kind of like a backlog, and they want to try to get these guys in because they think they're deserving and probably, quite frankly, try to get them in before – they pass before it's too late, right? It's not nearly as cool if it's posthumous. So, um, which, by the way, totally unrelated. That's why one of my goals with myfrontpagestory.com is for everybody to get one of these stories before it's too late for them. I'm literally like, I call senior care communities to try to get them to get these for their work, some kind of program, one a month for free, whatever it is, because I just want people to have these. Like, I, I think they're really special, and I want people to have them before it's too late. I think the Pro Football Hall of Fame wants people to get in before it's too late. Ducks takes. All right, moving on. The Bills signed tackle David Quesenberry. Eagles moving J.J. Ortega-Whiteside to tight end. 
The Bears wide receiver Byron Pringle arrested for reckless driving on a suspended license. And as we talked about Kadarius Tony last week, Giants are now looking to trade him. So, Bri, how do you know how did you know it's Arthago Whiteside? Because we've been doing this for many years. And we've said his name enough that you've heard me say that? Well, that and I've done a bunch of Eagles games over the past few years. Yeah. You know what's interesting? Um my first year doing the Eagles preseason games was his rookie year when he was a second-round pick. And everybody, Philly Radio, Arcega Whiteside, Arcega Whiteside, Arcega Whiteside. Well, we get in the first production meeting, and they're like, it's actually Arcega. It's like the Castilian Spanish or something. I don't know. Um, it's Arcega. So then the first preseason game, we're calling him Arcega Whiteside. And I'm getting all kinds of tweets, Bri. Like, why are you saying Arthega? Why? Like, and I think we might have even brought it up at some point on the air because nobody else had heard it be Arthega at that point. So I'll tell you this much. Color commentators, play-by-play guys, they usually know because they have the meetings and they see the production, the pronunciation guide, and they talk to people. So anyway, I think that's a good move for him. He just doesn't get separation as a receiver. I think as a tight end, he might be able to get more separation, and he's a very willing blocker. Quesenberry, I think he started every game last year at tackle for the Titans. The Bills are not messing around. The Bills are making sure they have Super Bowl caliber depth. They're making sure that if they lose a guy, maybe even two at a position, they still have a guy they can win with. I love it. I love what the Bills are doing. Love them bringing in Quesenberry. A little surprised that the Titans, I guess, didn't make a bigger effort to bring him back. Pringle is a guy that made a bunch of plays for the Chiefs. You know, some of these things, suspended license. I mean, why are you driving at all on a suspended license, let alone reckless driving? You forget sometimes that these are young men in their 20s, you know, on top of the world. They feel like they're in distress. Like, but wow. And then Giants trying to trade Kadarius Tony. That is about as big of a red flag as you can have. I mean, they took him in the first round last year. This is the guy that Urban Meyer was upset about that they didn't get. That Urban Meyer said publicly, yeah, I'm really upset we didn't get the other guy which is, by the way, a moronic thing to say publicly because then you took Travis Etienne. Why, why would you say that, Urban? And by the way, now it look, makes him look even worse because the guy Urban Meyer really wanted is such an issue for the Giants. They're willing to move on from him after a year. Takes. In addition to the draft, the other big event in the spring for the NFL is the NFL schedule, and they've announced it's going to be released on May the 12th. Looking forward to I actually have a speaking engagement that night, so I won't be like ready to fire off hot takes or tweets when it happens. But I am looking forward to the schedule release. You know, believe it or not, like the most important part of the schedule release to me is the preseason release. So I know when the those Eagles games are that I'm doing. But I like seeing the release. I like seeing the primetime games and what potential Westwood one games I might get international. It's exciting. Ducks takes. 
Uh, Tom Brady restructures his contract with the Bucks. That frees up $9 million in cap space. Right. That was probably Tom's idea. Like, uh, hello. He's still a free agent after this year. And look, there's a chance he plays somewhere else after this year. I mean, who knows? Maybe somebody does give him ownership, like these reports out of Miami. But Brady's like, we got to do whatever it takes to have the best team possible. So give me some void years, restructure it, void years, whatever. I don't care. We got to be ready to roll because that's what Tom Brady does. Speaking of ready to roll, I mentioned it earlier. I'll mention it again. As a small business owner, you or me were juggling 100 balls in the air. And I know you don't have time to interview candidates who aren't qualified for your role. Listen, I just interviewed 10 people for Penn State interns for this summer. I, I get it. That's why LinkedIn Jobs is amazing. It makes it easier to find people you actually want to interview faster. I know a bunch of you have small businesses. I know some of you work in HR. Small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. It's really simple. They have screening questions that make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills. Look, there's over 770 million people there on LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Ross. That's linkedin.com slash Ross to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Let's do an email, Brian. Ever wanted to ask an NFL player a question? Well, here's your chance. It's time to ask Ross. Email address, ross at rostucker.com. Love getting your emails as often as I can. Please take advantage of any of our glorious sponsors or become a patron or get a My Front Page story for Mother's Day. Send it to me, ross at rostucker.com with a question. I guarantee to read and respond to it on the show. Today's question from our good friend, Tuckheads Jay. Uh, it says, hey, Ross, a friend of mine's son is 13. He's playing center and D tackle. He wants to grow up to be an NFL offensive lineman. What should he work on the most? And what advice would you give him to help try make the NFL? So good question. Um, and by the way, Tuckheads Jay is prolific on our private Slack channel. If you are a Tuckhead member of patreon.com slash RT Media, you get to be part of the private Slack channel that uh, Brian and I chat on pretty much every day. I'm like every day. And I don't think anybody is on there as much as Tuckhead Jay. He's amazing. So, you know, there's a lot of genetic aspects of obviously being an NFL offensive lineman from a size and athleticism standpoint. Not much you can do about that. What you can do is really three things. Number one, lift your legs. Get stronger legs. It's really that simple. It's hard to be an NFL offensive lineman unless you have a thick, powerful lower body and core. Work your core. Work your legs. It allows you to weigh more. It allows you to be heavier and more powerful. 
Work your legs. That's number one. Number two, feet. Work your feet. Jump rope, dot drill, ladder. You need to have as quick of feet as possible. So powerful lower body, work your feet. And then last but not least, work offensive line technique. You know, watch videos. I'm sure they got stuff on YouTube where you learn how to use your hands, the proper footwork, and work it over and over and over again so that you have the muscle memory that allows you to succeed. Shout-outs. Pizza Boy Brewing. Sportaculture. HumanHeadNYC.com. SteakhouseSports.com. Go-Bangles.com. Evergreen Economics. And we are scheduled to have a Pro Football Hall of Famer on Wednesday's Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Cannot wait to ask him a bunch of questions about his draft venture, his draft journey. Other than that, check out the college draft. It's time to binge watch or binge listen. Listen. Don't listen. Listen. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. A lot of times on the show, I mentioned DraftKings. Here's what you need to know. you got to be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler or in Indiana, 109-WITH-IT. By the way, if what I was talking about included a deposit bonus, it doesn't always. Sometimes it does. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough, and deposit bonuses are paid out in site credit.